Hello guys. So it's a it's a dark day for Twitter. It's a dark day for um for just freedom of speech. I, I I'm not here to gripe about any of the people that reported James or mass reported James that ended up with his permanent banning from Twitter at this point. Because uh, honestly, they need they don't need to be highlighted at all. Because you have no idea how much work this man has done for people that nobody will ever know about or ever talk about. And and I just I just want to. That's really what I want to focus on right now. Is that. These cowards, these absolute cowards, go in and mass report him for something that is objectively true in many cases, especially in the context for which he presents it. And even past that, just the snowflakes here that cannot defend themselves on the merits. Just mass reporting somebody who, again, and I want to get back to my main point, James has done so much work behind the scenes, so much offered so much support to people who've lost jobs, who have faced real, objectively verifiable persecution, simply because they won't agree to have their speech dictated by an identity Marxist ideology. He's helped mothers and fathers and parents and given up time and, and, and still produces an astounding amount of in-depth thought to go out to everyone. He, he, he'll, he'll do three or four hours a day of last minute appearances on podcasts like mine that have, you know, not even a thousand subs or, or will fly to Oklahoma for much less than the money he's, his time is worth to lobby politicians who oftentimes just want to use his name to to help their own political career, but on the off chance that he can make something better and spread the truth about what's actually happening. So I, I just, first of all, I just think we all need to, to, recognize the amount of work and time and effort that James put into building his platform on Twitter and understand that the reason that they banned him 
especially him, more so than almost anybody else I've seen being banned from Twitter, is not because he's hurting people's feelings. It's because they figured out he was the apex of what Chris Rufo talks about, of what of what all of us talk about, Carl and Borshenko and 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 uh, Moms for Liberty and uh, you name them. They they uh, all of all the people who work on this stuff and have made a name for themselves for this stuff. You can trace all of their roots back to James. when it comes to dealing with, with the, the woke indoctrination of our society. So I, I think that we, we need to, first of all, you have to go follow new discourses at new discourses on Twitter. Um, that is a separate account. It is not James, but it is his company that has all of his podcasts, all of the, the translations for the wokeish. Um, go to newdiscourses.com and sign up for his only subs for uh, support him on Patreon because the thing about James is, is he's always on the cutting edge of what's going on. He's always on the cutting edge of what we are dealing with. And I think Twitter finally figured that out. And the people at Media Matters finally figured that out. And sorry, I'm communicating with several different people here trying to get some information. I talked to James uh, on a text back and forth with him a little bit. And I put up his... His... Uh, the tweet that got him banned and I just want to show that real quick. And basically he didn't use the word groomer. He didn't use the word groomer, but he just, there's, there's a fact here that, The whole gender movement, the whole Marxist identity Marxist movement and this gender ideology, the Marxist queer theory is designed to sexualize children from a young age or introduce them to sexual ideas that they cannot fully or physically comprehend because they have not gone through puberty, most of them especially when you're talking about preschoolers and they don't identify with sex and, and those relationships and those feelings even and to bend their mind towards thinking to hollow out their mind to what they, to what identity Marxists want them to be later on in life, which is just a hollow shell designed to carry a political ideology out into the world. And I wouldn't know that if it weren't for James and you wouldn't either. 
James was talking about this gender issue a year ago and a half ago when everybody else was still talking critical race theory, which again, he was a year or two years ahead on uh, of everyone else. And he's going other places and Twitter and media matters and all of these cowards who cannot stand up in the, in the marketplace of ideas. have uh, all they can do is try to ban him and get him knocked down. And I'm not saying that James is a snowflake. I just want to point that out. But here's the thing. He stood up for what he was, what he knows is correct, what he knows is right. And in the moments that he was challenged, he wouldn't report you. In the moments that he was, uh, see, many of the people that were reporting him were calling him the same name in retort that he had been calling them. I just want to point that out. That if you go back to all of the times that he used this term or this correct moniker (laughs) often nine times out of ten the retorts would be calling him the name or referring that he was the exact same thing iron wall iron iron law of woke projection right and so i think that is a stark example of just how biased Twitter is, right? I'm going to take this off here for just a second so I can communicate. Um, Just how biased Twitter is because, again, it's always, it's repressive tolerance. Another thing we learned from James, right? that that they the the left the radical left the radical woke left the identity marxist left will punish you for doing the exact same thing they engage in and that is the standard expectation that's repressive tolerance that that we must knock down any movement that's perceived as right and here's the thing anything they disagree with they automatically pejorativeize or demonize as right james is not a conservative i just want to point that out he's not a classical conservative he would be considered in all normal times a classical liberal And I've got some some friends of James, I think, going to come on here in just shortly. Let me let me get this back up so we can add some more context. 
This is repressive tolerance. And it and none of us would know about repressive tolerance if it were not for James. I mean, there may have been somebody that came out with it later on, but he came out with it first and did hours and hours and hours and hours worth of podcasts about Marcuse and repressive tolerance and and all of the other aspects of things. And I honestly think that it was Twitter saw him as too dense at at, a, at, at the early points. And, and, you know, Chris Rufo and, and some other people would get out there and put out great memes and stuff and distill what it was that James was feeding them both online and behind the scenes. Because anytime I had a question, James would, and I was nobody. I had, you know, 200 followers or something. Right. And I would ask him a question and he would take way more time than anybody ever thought it would. The first conversation I had with him after I had not talked to him at all, he spent two hours with me on the phone. I didn't pay him for it. It was like I had my own personal podcast. And it that's the other thing I want people to know is that James almost has an aversion towards asking for money or anything like that. He actively dislikes it. Go through his tweets. See see when he promotes himself and when he when he's at he doesn't do it and twitter for him as it is for lots of people but especially for him was a way for him also to distill what it was that he was working on so people like chris rufo could grab it up and get it out to the masses So that, you know, Woke Temple and and my account and Deb and Kelly Sky and Deb Philman and all of us that have come behind that could actually articulate our portions of it and what we're seeing and be able to fight back at home. So I I I don't want to sit here and I've got a, I think I've got a few people coming that you will know but I don't want to announce them until they can for sure come on that I what I want this podcast what this live cast to be is honestly I don't want to focus too much on James being banned I want to focus on when I get the people that are going to come on. I want to focus on the good things that he's done behind the scenes that nobody knows about. Because you know what? Screw the haters. Screw screw the people that the only way they could fight back with him intellectually, the only way that they could fight back with him is to get him kicked off. 
You know, it's what absolute cowards. What absolute cowards you are. The only way that you can go after somebody or or the only way that you can fight back against an idea you do not like is to go after the person personally and get them kicked off and removed from the conversation. You're cowards. You're absolute cowards. And so I'm not going to put up your tweet that says, make sure James knows I did this. (laughs) You aren't worth his time, much less mine. Or you aren't worth my time, much less his. Yeah, Tina Han, you're saying, I worked in childhood sexual abuse prevention, and this is more than the left. It's radical woke. It said they're being used. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think everybody's being used to a certain extent. But the... You gotta you gotta understand that most of the, the the complaints against him came from bots. I don't care if there was somebody behind them or not or whatever. This is all an orchestrated thing because they pinpointed the fact that he was hitting on something that they could not contend with because it's so blatantly obvious that it's true. And they started this with their whole okay boomer retort. Just want to point that out, that oak, the, 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 the G word was just a parlance. It was, it, was a, it was a verbal judo tick that James flipped around back on them. Instead of, okay, boomer, you had, okay, right? And how ridiculous is that I'm sitting here in the, in the United States of America and I can't say a word because this is this is on YouTube and this is on Twitter. Okay, so I've got somebody coming in. That, uh, here we go. Paul Rossi has joined. Hey, Mark. Hey, how, how are you? Doing? I am. I've been better, man. Yeah. Um, as everybody knows, uh, Paul is a one of the OGs in the movement here and one of the first teachers to come out against us. And I asked him to come on and we might have some others come on. Um, But Paul just recently got back on Twitter. Um, Yeah. I I had a different, I think a different issue than James is having and many other people are having. Um, It was around a frivolous copyright claim. Um, But, and that took about seven weeks and that was, that was a lot of time grinding away. But, I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm just playing catch up. I had kind of a rough night. I'm getting. I just kind of got my act together here, yeah. um, and I saw. I saw what happened. Yeah, I'm shocked, and it's really interesting because to me, because when you create a taboo word, I don't know how. I, I, I'm jumping in here. Yeah, so don't be. You're, you're right on track. Anything, if I'm saying well, well, anything that you have already well, said, please forgive me. No, I just want to point out to yeah. you, so, so so you can know the tweet here that that got him. Oh. Hold on, I'll have to pull it back up, I think. Um, but basically, he used another phrase that meant the same thing. Right, um, child sexualization. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, tri- I saw yeah, so you saw that. Okay, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to make sure you were in. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Ahead, I mean, that's all. That's pretty much all I know. So, And I don't I don't know what was in response to. I don't know the context. I don't know what the – I mean, it shouldn't matter. But just, yeah. you know, what was the link? 
Um, but you, you see this around when, you, when, when they manage to create these taboo words, it has a kind of a negative charge that starts to affect language around it in both directions at so the level of meaning and also at the level of sound. Right. Yeah. So there, there are certain words that you can't say that mean things that have nothing to do with, say, the N word because they sound the same. This is the, this is in the meaning direction. Right. And, you know, it's like, um, have you ever studied the, the psychology experiments? Um, yes. Of little Albert. You know, the yes. Little Al- yeah. yeah so this is this is. Go ahead and explain like that. that for us, though, though. Those, right. Those, so this was th- before they actually ins- instituted. uh regulations in psychology about what kinds of experiments you could do on children. There, there, there was a, I think it was Skinner, right? Was it Skinner or something? Mm-hmm. I think it was Skinner. Yeah. yeah. Had done an experiment on um, someone's child, uh, an infant, where they wanted to study conditioning. And what they did is they, if I get this wrong, interrupt me. Um, no. They, they, um, they wanted to see if they could use a negative stimulus to create a reaction in an infant. And they did this mm-hmm. by, putting something in front of the child and then ringing a very loud bell next to the child. And then the child right. would scream and cry. And then they would, whenever they introduced the object to the child, subsequently the stimulus response had been ingrained and they see the little stimulus and then they start crying before they hear the noise. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's like negative, a negative Pavlovian thing. So right. Like a just... reward, you see a negative stimulus. And then the child starts to experience the trauma of the bell simply with the association with the object. And that's what we've seen, I think, with language um, to the point where, for, you know, the, the N-word is taboo, for example, right? Right. You can't say the N-word, you know, for good reasons, I, I think. Right. Uh, but then now, if you say a word that is next to the N-word, so, you know, the word niggardly or the word, um, you know, even even sort of denigrate has gotten, because it's sort of the same Right. Uh, and so that or it can sound similar. like it. Right. Right. Or anything that carries the valence of a, an epithet around the end, or even just say on the on the exam in law school where they have an with the dash. Now that itself is taboo. So that's so yeah. people complaining about that. So it has this kind of creep effect. And and now we've had the point where you, you, you don't you can't say groomer. You can't say child sexualization specialist. You can you can imagine all these things at the level of meaning, which are also going to be taboo. Even though child sexualization specialist is literally what they do, it's their it's what they brag about. It's right, you know, sexualizing the identities of kids, right, in non-normative ways. And I'm sure you talked about this. Is just a little bit. Go ahead. The Go ahead. whole point. I mean, that's you know, all of those libs of TikTok videos are about sexualizing children's identities, mm-hmm. uh, and that's sexualization, right? And, and they will justify by saying, "Oh, they're sexual from birth." Um, which means, you know, in, in their sense, any curiosity about sex is curiosity about themselves, which needs to be, which needs to be guided, which needs to be manifested for self-discovery and conscientization and all of these other political projects. So that is literally what they do. And we've reached the point now where you cannot say, not even an epithet, the epithet it's, it was taboo. Now, the actual definition of, of, of what is going on, which they may actually have, that's a that's a line that you might actually even see on someone's resume, and yeah. now that's an epithet. So uh, you know, obviously, I don't know the context. I don't know what it was a response to. Did he run into the to the groomer rule in terms of the the recipient of the communication? The don't um, say groomer was it the person was it someone who was LGBT or T 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, so I, don't I, know. I can't, I can't yeah. see it. it. It says, it says, and I can pull it up here. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for it, but it doesn't have the context. We, we can't even debate it. Yeah, that's the thing. We can't even trap. debate it. We can't right. even debate it because, but it, what, I, I'll, I'll read it here. It says, well, let me just, I can show the, the, the portion of the top of it that everybody will recognize. Right. Here and it says, you know, you you may not promote violence against, threaten, or harass other people on the basis of race, ethnicity, national origin, sexual orientation, gender, gender identity. I like how they they make a differentiation there because that doesn't even jive with their own <laughs> their own thoughts on it. You know, religious. So I mean, it's the standard basic hateful conduct, right? And Basically, the, what I was saying a minute ago is that it is repressive tolerance because, yeah. uh, and again, James taught us all of this, but, <laughs> you know, that that they will accept when James first started doing this and use it, it was a it was a turn of phrase based upon the term, OK, boomer. Right. right. And he flipped it back on them to actually, you know, mean something more. When he started using the G word, right? When he started saying that, not there would be, I would say, a majority of the responses to him later on, you know, a few months after he started doing that, were the exact same response to him, that they would call him the G word. Right. You know what I mean? And so, no, and, and we're not talking about just small accounts, you know, bot accounts, is that they would, but nobody's going back in, in mass reporting them and nobody and Twitter's not looking right. at those things. So it is, it's just a repressive tolerance. Right. And, and the, the MO is, you know, any criticism, any criticism of an individual is taken, is creatively misinterpreted and purposely misinterpreted as an attack on their protected group. Right. If you don't belong to the protected group, you don't get the shield. You don't get the, you don't get the, uh, indulgence. Um, so, um, you know that that word in that in the in their policy, which is really just like throwing spaghetti on a wall or like a scatter shot thing, you can do whatever you want. And, you know, they, they can they can do whatever they want. We can do sue Twitter. Yeah. Um, the the uh, the on the basis of right when it says on the basis of that, I think would be the grounds for some kind of rational appeal if you're dealing with a rational actor here, which I, I don't know if you are. But if you were dealing with someone who was rational, you would say. Depending on the context, right? If right. You know, I I said this thing that this person was a child sexualization specialist on the basis of not their protected group, not their identity, whatever it happened, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. but I did it on the basis of their own statements as an individual, right? So you know, but you're not dealing with people who are rational. You're dealing with people who are purposefully irrational. Yes. Around a, a political program and you know tech government media schools they've all been captured by this so so you are not going to be able to reason with them but you may be you know you can get stuff into the discourse that exposes their you know their, their rhetorical weapon you know cache of weapons here so that that's what yeah. that's how it all works um i don't know uh, well and that's that's yeah. that's part of what james was doing here too though 
is yeah. that he was he was exposing and and Paul, you might want to switch to your other microphone. Just you might have a better sound there. Um, oh just, yeah, sorry about that. No, 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 it's okay. I can hear you. I just wanted to give you the the voice you deserve there. Um, but and if not, don't worry about it. But um, is that they they put you in that box where you can't turn a phrase on them. You can't do what it is they do to you, and. So therefore, you're on a battlefield that you cannot. You're on a battlefield that you you know you have a musket and they've got a machine gun, you know what I mean? And right. I mean, and I mean that in not literally. I'm not. I don't mean to mention, you know, <laughs> firearms, but it's a, a metaphorical statement about a rhetorical battlefield. Okay, I just want to point that out right. for yeah. for YouTube here. Um, but it's it's. You know, they have a sword and you've got a stick, you know, and their sword has two edges and yours has one pointy end. And if you use it, they break your stick. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's that's kind of what's happening here. Um, and I think yeah. you articulated that well. But I, I I do have some other people coming on that, I, that you'll know, I think, soon. But what something I said at the beginning is I want to just. I want to take a moment not just to talk about what the problem is, but, but the, what I believe is the real reason that they're kicking James off, which is that Twitter connected him with thousands of people. Um, he spent a lot of time building that platform. Um, and he spent a, a lot more time connecting with regular people all across the country in Canada, you know, all, all over the United States and spending real time with them to help them out in their own areas to, to help take their own hills. I just said before you got on, you know, the first time I talked to James, he spent two hours on the phone with me, unpaid, just talking to me about, you know, I had a question about you know, what's going on here at this university or with this person and what he's seen in the 15 places he was that month and connecting it all back. And he didn't ask for a dime. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. He, uh, I connected with him ahead. like long before, you know, I, I came out through an anonymous account. I was I was terrified to like actually put my name on my own Twitter account. So I had an anon account and I would DM him and, you know, he, he didn't have it, with the time that he had, he would engage with me on the basis of, of the, of what I was sharing with him. And, you know, it was incredibly encouraging. And I, you know, I learned a lot about what's going on. He really has been a tremendous educator uh, for so many people. Um, that makes him dangerous. He's dangerous because he's not a grifter. That's the thing. He's not right. dangerous because he's a grifter. He's dangerous because he's not. And they right. can't control what they can't manipulate. They can't control. And so this is what we're seeing. Yeah. And, and so I, I, as more people come through and I think we're going to have some people cycle through um, that everyone will know. And like I said, I don't want to announce them until they can for sure come on. But I, I, I want to hear these stories. Th that, that's what I want this live stream to be about. I don't want it to be about a getting a bunch of viewers or me grifting off of anything. What I want is to put out there because I have this streaming on Twitter. I want to put out on Twitter the good things that James does that he would never tell you. Right. And because we all know why he got kicked off. 
we all know that there's this um, imbalance of information. We all know that there is this, this necessity on the left and the woke left to knock people down because they cannot intellectually hang with him or anybody who's actually speaking truth and logic about these situations. And he put out a tweet yesterday. Um, he put out a tweet yesterday that hit me home, you know, and I've heard him say it before, but that what the woke say are not, it's, it's not nonsense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it actually is calculated. It has a purpose. It's meant to turn everything on its head. And people have to understand that, that this isn't just something to scoff at. This isn't just a swing of the pendulum. Right. And I see a lot of that, you know, people want, they're like, how could anybody fall for this? This is so obvious, you know, no, like, I mean, and, and, you know, if, if like me, you've had, you've had a woke conversion experience, I've had it, you know, I did it. Um, I went through it. It's a physical, it's an embodied sensation. You, you, you understand the transcendence of it. And then it has this internal logic around argumentation and, you know, it's, it's, it's solipsistic, but it is able to absorb uh, criticism and then use its own internal logic to spin out the, the correct responses, you know, almost like automatized because it's, it's, um, it's DNA is, is, is simple, but it's also able to sort of attach to whatever comes at it. Um, right. So, you know, you have to respect it. You have to have, you have to see it for what it is. Um, you have to go there. You have to get in there and become a kind of a wizard, right? Mm -hmm. I, look, I think of James as, if, if you think of words as spells, and if you think of this as a kind of, you know, going back to my D&D &D days, you know, that that words and words are spells, you know, that the, yeah. the analogy really works. And what you what you have is you have a spell book. And you have spells being cast on people. Right. And if you want to understand how those spells work, you need to study. You need to look into how the spells were created, how they organically in many ways sort of evolved through all kinds of small working groups over the past four decades, you know, in, in praxis and so on. And then well, the and theoretical I basis. Out, I, yeah. I just want to point out where you're saying this, this is not talking about actual witchcraft here. Right. Just right. <laughs> a metaphor. Talk, right? It, this is a metaphor. I, I know. I hate that, but. Uh, no, I mean, and, and you know, the witchcraft itself is kind of a metaphor for this. Yes, right. It so it's yeah. a, yeah. So I'm not, yeah. yeah, obviously. I just want to say it for YouTube, to be honest. Yeah, so, I don't, so I don't right. believe that there are, do they, do they, <laughs> like if, you mean you I don't can't know, be a witch honestly, on YouTube? I don't I, know, but, yeah. but I, I would assume that if they can knock you down for it, they will knock me okay. down for it. All right. Because I found out yesterday that they were literally um, unsubscribing people from my channel without them knowing. So three or I had five, wow. four or five people doing, told me that. So, you know, but go ahead. Yeah. So keep going. No, no. Yeah. And so you have to know how these spells work. You, you have to respect the spell because it does work. And so why does it work? How does it work? How do you fight a spell with a counter spell? You, you, you understand the spell rationally so that it doesn't work on you. Yeah. And I think that, that contribution that James made uh, for me going through what I went through really laid the groundwork for what I, what, what I was able to do um, last year and gave me, the, gave me this insight and co confidence and courage to do it because he really, you know, 
I had a background in postmodernism. I had a background in critical theory in the in the in the 90s and and in the uh, when I was in when I was in undergrad. Um, but I was there during the period of high deconstruction, which was or, or high postmodernism, which was, you know, it was very theoretical. It wasn't really attached to politics in the way it came to be later. His book, Cynical Theories with Ellen Pluckrose, who explains that process. And then when I started working in a school, I started to see it come in and I didn't know what it was. It didn't, didn't make sense to me. I, I, I recognized and I said, I know what this is, but it was mutated. It was it had changed in certain ways and I, I needed to play catch up. Yeah. And he, he helped a great deal with that. Yeah. And I think he's helped like hundreds of thousands, not millions of people. Right. Well, do he, that. I, he was on he was on his first. It's uh, interesting timing, obviously, but he was on his first uh what do they call that room in the, in the, in on Twitter now, the, the spaces spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Moms for Liberty was doing a space and, um, and it was the first one he'd ever done. You know what I mean? And he said that he's done just in the last year and a half, like 208 podcasts, you know, and a majority of those are two hours long. And many of them are four hours long of him just, reading mm-hmm. and uh, i mean him just he him just analyzing for everyone what it is that he's been reading and doing all this hard work for and then uh, and going back when nobody was talking about this stuff you know what i mean and uh, he's he, he, when he was here in oklahoma he said you know there was a long time where he felt like he was just screaming into the void you know and and you know, he had somewhat of a following, but nobody was really catching on. And then, boom, you know, everything hits. And the, But even still, until just recently, he was largely ignored by the left. He would, he would get more flack from people on the right for calling out mm. things on the right that he would call out that needed to be called out. But this, this, this G-word situation, I think, made, made it to where they could not they could not ignore him anymore. But I think it's also interesting. I don't want to point this fact out. I've heard Chris Rufo use this term. You know what I mean? I've heard, I've mm. heard people that are more in the mainstream use this term to yeah. describe. And they still sit on Twitter. You know what I mean? They're still mm. up there. And I don't want, I'm not wishing for them to get banned. But I, I, I just think it's interesting. It goes to show... Them going after James after a long time of trying to ignore him, they see where it is that he he makes a difference because uh, his 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 presence at the Moms for Liberty thing, his presence at all these things in Idaho and Oklahoma and Vermont and Utah and California and I mean Florida and uh, I I don't know of a state that he hasn't been to, you know what I mean and. Mm-hmm. Where he doesn't know somebody. If I, I, I can't. There have been several times where I've get, gotten on DMs with him or got on the phone with him and like, hey, do you know somebody in Montana? And he's like, oh yeah, I know this person. And da, 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 da. Oh okay. Uh, and Deb Philbin is here. We're bringing her on. I want to. Hey Deb, how are you? Hey Deb. Hi guys. Um, sorry, I was I was out. I had to go to a Moms for Liberty meeting locally, and um, on my way back, I got the the text, the update that James had been banned. And this is, this is a permanent ban now, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah, and uh, what? Uh, just so you can, we've kind of hit the points. I want to get every thought that you have, Deb, because your thoughts are gold most of the time. Um, but I want to say this. What I do want to get this cast to focus on is all the ways that James has helped the people that nobody knows about because the people that got him banned, are they're not deserving of our time. Half of them are bots anyway. And, right. and I do want to talk about, uh, you know, the repressive tolerance of it all. And, and, but, but I want to, for everyone that will come in here, I just want, everybody has to share something that James has done for them that nobody knows about to help this cause and to help these people because he's done more of that than anyone else. Without That's, question. Yeah. There's no doubt. It's kind of like if it, if there were a university to, that we've gone to, so to speak, to learn how to do what we're doing, learn how to advocate, learn how to understand what's going on. It would be the University of New Discourses. Yeah. Um, because Hi everybody, just real quick, everybody, welcome Carrie Smith. Hi, Carrie. Hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. Was, hey. Deb um, was in the middle. Go ahead. Yeah. So, so when I look back at my, uh, you know, my evolution as a uh, whatever you want to call me, parent, parent educator. I'm not a, really an activist. I would consider myself more of a parent educator. Um, you know, I knew what I, I started with, but new discourses was my school in terms of what I'm dealing with now. So in other words, I had all the gut instincts to know it was bad. I had a certain amount of psychological background and training to know about child development, but I didn't know the philosophy deeply. Like I knew the the Palo Freire stuff, but the rest of it didn't know, um, didn't understand how all the pieces fit together philosophically. And since it's a big part of what I do to translate language for parents to into layman's terms so that they can look at this, what they would call code switching is what mm -hmm. it is. So we can look at the code that they're using, decode it for regular parents who are just trying to live their lives. Like James is what I would consider. Like I said, he's the university level. He's like higher education. Mm -hmm. And then I consider myself to be sort of the high school teacher. You know, yeah. like I, I take that and I try to come in and give it to parents. And I don't mean this in any kind of pejorative way. Please understand. Yeah. I just understand that, um, you know, for most people, they need to have it distilled for them and given to them in plain English and contextualized in terms of the actual lesson plans. So in order to do that correctly, and I use that word intentionally correctly, um, I've turned to James and James, yeah. whether he's known of it or not, you know, it's not like he and I've had all these personal conversations, but new discourses, his videos, his writings, because that's where I know I'm not going to get it wrong. And there have been a couple of times I've had to hit him up privately and say, this is my analysis. This is what I want to say to parents about what they're saying about CRT, because I don't want them to go off on the wrong path with this. Is this correct? You know, so he's been the guy to sort of gut check me because it's really important that we get this right. And what I mean by that is that we don't, we don't just take terms and start doing what the left does. We need to take a page out of their book in terms of understanding that language matters to how people feel about these things and what they think about these things. But we don't necessarily want to create our own code and, right. and, and, and rewrite language in a different way. We just need to reclaim. So to that end, you know, I think James has been like my university. And I will add this, although we're not really talking about like Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh's What is a Woman mm -hmm. is, I think, 
a good example of when you understand James Lindsay, Mm -hmm. when you really understand what James is trying to teach you and trying to teach all of us, then it becomes easier to do the kind of thing that Matt Walsh is doing. You don't have to be Matt Walsh, but what I'm saying is to do the kind of thing where you just refuse to not live in reality, where the questions you ask are, you don't need to get super worked up about it. Right. You don't need to be angry or throw bombs or, you know, accusatory. You just need to refuse to stop thinking. You need to refuse to step out of objective reality and ask your questions so that there is no answer. Now, That's right. I, I will say, I also give James credit for being braver than anybody else on the internet in terms of doing what like Hannah Arendt suggested, which is mocking the totalitarians. Yeah. She said very clearly, I posted it the other day too. I think one of the quotes I posted from her is that when you realize you're up against a totalitarian, somebody who is just going to be so against your freedom of speech and your ideas that they will work hard to shut you down. The only thing you can do is mock them. Yeah. That's the that's only right. thing you can do. That's right. And people say, I don't understand his strategy and why I, does he do this? Yeah. Because you have to. Well, well, and I, I want to get Carrie in here since you Sorry. did. Thank you for coming. No, 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 it's okay. And, and, and Deb, it just come on right before Carrie. So thank you all Sorry. for being here. No, yeah. no, I, I got time to expound and then Paul came on and he went and then Deb came on and then Carrie, um, Thank you all for being here. And uh, I just want to say this, predicate this. I don't know if Carrie heard it. I don't care about the people that got him banned. We all know why he got banned. What I want is, um, I mean, say every, anything you want, Carrie, but I, what I want to make sure that we do is talk about the things that James has done for all of us in this movement, that the, the credit that we owe him behind the scenes that he would never talk about and make it, make it focus on there. Let's gripe about why he's gone because we need to point that out. But um that, that's where I kind of want to take it. But Carrie, go ahead. Thanks I for being here. just wanted to know where we're rioting. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the lawyer? Yeah. Which well, is, and what's I, the Twitter I, riot? I've been on with Billboard Chris and I've been on with our in DMs and stuff. And honestly, that's part of what I want to do here too is let's come up with ideas because we need to we need to go to Twitter. So, so well, go ahead. Well, you know, Myth Informed has a lawsuit against them. Did you guys know this? So no. they're they're trying to raise money. Myth Inform, they're the ones that host the Better Discourse Conference, which uh, mm-hmm. James was at the last two. And they got permabanned for, the, in their case, it was sharing a photo of Desmond is amazing. And they got hit with that, you're sharing a photo of someone without their permission rule, which is arbitrarily applied. Um, and so they're they're suing because they're, it's more of the principle of the thing. I mean, we understand why people sue. It's not just, you know, we want, we want Twitter and we want money. It's like, we want you to stop doing this to people. So I don't know if that's what he's considering at all, but I know at like, as soon as I'm able, I'm going to give a big donation to myth inform because I want them to succeed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to know where he ends up. And I think, I mean, I think inevitably when I heard this this morning, it's, it's devastating and it's a, because he's such a he's such a, a um, lovable, what would you call him, jester in a way, not in an insulting way, but like you said, the way that he mocks and stuff, he has a great sense of humor about all of it. He's both educating people about the ideology and on one hand, and then also having fun with it and showing how you can be playful. And um, I know he has his critics, of course he does, because if if he if he were lukewarm, 
then everyone, everyone would like him and he wouldn't be saying anything important and God would spit him out of his mouth. (laughs) That's, that's a full verse. (laughs) And I think, I think you're hit on something. I mean, he's, he's, he can, he's the mild mannered court jester in in a way is that, that, uh, but he's not a, if you, if anybody's spent any time with James, he's very calm. He's not somebody that is, it is, you know, he can get worked up. And he, uh, you know, I, I've heard people talk about his appearance on Dr. Phil about, you know, him being da 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 da. That was James just at, sitting there for two and a half hours listening to these people dribble. Yeah, and, of course. And and knowing that they had put them there with with parents who did not necessarily have the tools to to fight back, and him knowing that I've got the tools and I'm here to help these people, and just waylaying them with, with information. And, but, but he's a mild mannered person, but his, his tack on Twitter, he was built for it. It's that he can read what you're saying, take the, 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 find the spine in it and expose it and just snap it. You know what I mean? In in terms of the, the, the message that you're trying to manipulate people with. And that's what I think that the, you know, I'm just going to say, okay, boomer, issue because it, it it derived from okay boomer that that term that he started using he just took it from him and just said look i'm going to apply it to something that this actually applies to i'm going to go right yeah. at the heart of what you're doing because he is able to through all of the reading all of the hours worth of hours and hours and i've talked to him sometimes late at night on text when he's like gosh i've just read marks for five hours and i just don't think i can you know <laughs> I don't think I can continue, but he did all that. So we didn't have to. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Go ahead. I'm going to try to find just if anyone who's watching is interested, I'm going to try and find that link, the myth informed link. If people want to donate yes, to their yeah, lawsuit. That in. And uh, I think he did an interview. It's, with in the, it's in the, disc- it's in the description box. Let me see if I can go grab it from the, the interview I did with him. And I know and it's, it's in there. mine. It's on my channel too. Cause I did it cool. with him, but, but, Yes, go to Myth Informed and James and and Brian are old friends. Um, they've known each other for a long time, and so now they're on a battlefield off of Twitter together. Um, but what I the reason I wanted to right. do this was first of all, again, point everybody to New Discourses, both dot com and at New Discourses on yep. Twitter. Um, James is not going to circumvent the ban and get new discourse. That, that is a whole different account. It is a company account, but it ha- you can get all of his information and everything there. Um, and newdiscourses.com. Most of his um, podcasts are free. Uh, and you can get into the only subs, and it usually only takes a month or two before he'll make those free too. You know what I mean? And so... Uh, that's not the link. I I tried to copy the one to the. Let me just grab the gives give send go from give send go because that okay. that's too long a link. Okay. Um. Hang on. Here it is. Yeah. You can put it up. That's so, give send go. So yeah. I I I want to just Carrie. I know that you've spent some time with James at some of the better discourses stuff and some out times. Um. I, I kind of just want this to be a little bit of testimonial on the, you know, just. We, well, you know, I'm excited because we're supposed to be doing a conversation soon, uh, me and him and my pastor about Christianity and woke, which I find, I mean, that's, I love talking about as a Christian, but he's an atheist who yeah. wants to talk about Christianity. I don't know if you guys have seen his recent tweets about how um, this is not just a cultural war. This is a spiritual war. 
And that rings true for me, but I know I sound like a weirdo when I say that to people who are not believers. So it was really interesting for me to see an atheist saying that. And, um, and I almost wonder if now that he's, you know, he put in his Twitter handle, James Lindsay's America's number one Christian nationalist. <laughs> I'm like, is that what it came after him hardcore now? Because he's like, no, because right now their big thing is, you know, they're always coming up with magic words, as you said, and he's good at taking those words like judo and turning them around. And right. they're, they're one of their new attack words, their new products is, is Christian nationalism. Well, but I, I seriously I wanna... want to form a group, not even joking, because I'm Jewish, but not observant. I'm like an atheist slash agnostic Jew with a history of being Christian for about 10 years. I got baptized when I was married and tried tried to do it and didn't work, didn't stick. So and I, I feel like the, you know, atheist Jewish person for Jesus. And I'm kidding. So we should form a little group of like, we should. Are not your yeah, problem. Yeah. And, and, but Paul was just talking earlier. He was talking about, you know, he, this is a form, the woke do a form of witchcraft with words. Yes. yes. You know, so, and, and, and I'm a Christian. I, I'm probably more akin to, to carry on, on the way I was believed and raised. But I think where, where I've actually sat and talked to James about this, um, amongst, really uber kind of Christians, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like uh, where he would come into Oklahoma and speak to very, and, and what he would always talk about is, is that as, as someone who was in the atheist movement where he was kind of explicitly anti-Christian, I talked to Brian about this on my show too, um, uh, that, that what they realized is that the woke, this is a religion. It operates as a religion. It, it, it yes. instills itself in. And whether you want to talk about it as witchcraft or, or a spiritual thing, it uses words and the power of words to get you in the heart yes. and your empathy, which is very a Christian thing you can really weaponize is empathy, right? And uh, anyone who has a spiritual foundation. And he, what he kept saying over and over again, and Carrie, I think you'll hit this too, um, from, a, from a believer standpoint is, the need to have discernment, right? And that is a huge word in the Christian community, especially in, in the, that we must be able to discern what is what is good and what is evil or what appears or approaches you as good, but is not. You do know? you know what I think he might be? This And this is what I want to talk to him about when we do that video is, is it's an interesting phenomenon of what you're saying, Deb, and I'm not sure what your beliefs are, Paul. I'm sorry. I forget. But I think there's a lot I'm of a, I'm a lapsed Catholic. You're um, lapsed Catholic. I'm so okay. lapsed. I'm prolapsed. <laughs> uh, okay. but, I, but I have a great he's, he's so for... lapsed. He was in an Episcopal school. <laughs> yeah. I... Yeah, That's I'm, really uh... lapsed because they are off the left hand. Like the yeah, Episcopal yeah. church oh, yeah. at this point is. Well, I think though I mean, that what, there's yeah. an interesting phenomenon of people who are not necessarily believers who are starting to um, be what you would call a, a maybe like a, a practicing a practicing Christian that they don't believe, but yeah. they but they choose to say, well, I I I like a lot of Christian values and I like a lot of that belief system, and so um, I, I, what I want to talk to him about is uh, I think I think maybe some atheists have an appreciation for. Um, the fact that humans might need something to worship. I'm sorry, I'm, I don't want to take us down some rabbit hole, but just this is what I'm interested about with him recently is what he's been thinking about talking about is I've come to that conclusion very recently is I think we are designed to worship. And so I think that's kind of why these social justice ideologies so attractive to people because it fills that slot that that 
that religion whole yeah. yeah and then it gives people um you know that there's this whole hierarchy of now there's no deity at the top but they have they put people up there based on race and sex and different you know high well, priests the deity of the movement is and, marxism the deity is yeah. this utopian heaven right and i i want to point this out that um james would always say to me that you know he gets attacked more by the right than he ever did by the left until just recently right mm. and one of the things I actually spurred this off and he got the brunt of it because that's usually what would happen. But I put out a tweet once that was, you know, um, that, that when Jesus said in the Bible, you know, I am the way, the truth and the life. Right. And the, the truth, truth, the logos, the, the, and James grabbed a hold of that, you know, uh, the word, the word of, was, was with God and the word was God is God, is God you know, and, and, and he grabbed a hold of that and said, you know, this is logos. This is that if you are a Christian, that you believe in this, that there are truth in words. And if Christ is the word mm -hmm. and the word is God and the word is truth, right, then there has to be objective truth under the words and you can't just manipulate them. And he got attacked by I Christians. Yeah, he got attacked by Christians saying, well, you know, just pounding him on the fact that, no, oh, you don't believe in Jesus, so you can't speak on this. And da, 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 da. And I, as a, somebody who does believe in Jesus, right, who does believe in the divinity of Christ, went out there and said, y'all are so stupid. Like you, you, you're, you're wrapped up into this, you know, very basic theological debate when he's making the overarching point of the word is truth. If Christ is truth and the and Christ is the word and the word is truth, then that means words have meaning. And if God That's created correct. the earth with a word, right, let there be light and the and that was truth, then there has to be an undergirding, whether you want to call it spiritual, natural, scientific, reality-based, objective, you know, whatever word you want to use to put in front of it, it has to be undergirded in something objectively verifiable. You know what I mean? You and that's light is dark. Right. You can't then you're say a Satanist. That... Then you're a Satanist. Right. That they, I mean, that what they don't understand is if there aren't objective meanings to these words, I mean, close to anyway, obviously we're doing the Aramaic, Hebrew, et cetera, you know, but if we don't have a meaning behind these words that you don't get to change based on your subjective viewpoint, then right. there is no God. Right. Then you are God. You've just made yourself God. Congratulations. Right. You are self idolatry. You know, you're, you're idolizing yourself. If you get to make up the meanings on the fly, you are doing the ultimate sin from a Christian perspective. And that is you are making yourself omniscient. And, and Paul and I yeah, get to hit that. on this. That's a dialectical Paul, project. You know, the man yes. makes the world and the world makes man. And you know, we, we you have sort of like, stuff, endless, that's what you've done. You, you've right. killed yeah. God. Endless and I slippage into, you know, Neverland. I want to illustrate. I'm an atheist this. saying that. Yes. Well, yeah. but, but atheists are starting to understand that there has to be something bigger than the self, right? And uh, Paul and I were talking in our in our um, interview that we had yesterday. All this is timed well, but but about the drag queen that was walking down his his old church school, right? And right. they they view that as art, right? And art, you know, points everything right at that that person who's in the, you know, the, the gaudy caricature of a woman and being pointed at, but, and he's tried to, uh, he was, he was playing devil's advocate and he said, you know, well, that's art. Right. But if you see the church that it's wrapped around, and I made this point, you see the church that it's wrapped around, that was art too, but, but it was designed to make the man look small. 
It was designed to make the person look small. It would You would be far away from the altar. And the representative, the priest at the altar was small. He was a representative of the voice of God. But everything pointed upward. Your eyes went upward. They didn't go to the, to, to the priest, right? He was just the, the person voicing the words of God for you so you could hear them. But everything else pointed up and beyond man and beyond the individual and beyond what your identity is, right? And, and what was the name ahead. of the event? The name of the event is Pride. Right. Oh. I mean, it's like <laughs> always blown you. my mind. Right. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> yes. like, I mean, and I, I mean, again, I'm not... Mr. Religious guy, but I I do I do understand the the, the importance of humility, uh, some kind of transcendent force, w- which in comparison to we are we are having a quality of right. of smallness, which is like yeah. that's that's and if you take that away, um, you turn man into a god, or you think if you, someone has to do someone has to play that sort of role in your hierarchy in psychological hierarchy. And so some of us just say like, okay, my five senses are going to be that, that line. Mm -hmm. Not because, but, but something made that right. So you talk about God and you know, nature and nature's God and all that. And Mm -hmm. you know, the natural rights. So even for a lot of us who are liberty minded, atheists, agnostics, whatever you want to call it, deists, that's kind of the line. It's like, I have my five senses. Oh, and P.S. I know they're limited too, because I'm an animal at, at, at my core. I'm a, I'm a human being, which means that I don't, I, I can't even use all my brain capacity. So that's all I have to go on that I could be certain about. And anything that I can't perceive with my five senses, I could never be certain about. And so I, I can neither declare I'm right about everything or, you know, be like, this is real. Yeah. A is A, right? Yeah. And they're trying to say, no. It's not. And what I love about what James does is he comes along and at a time period where people are being stripped of the confidence in their own five senses mm-hmm. and their ability to, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, he's say he's, I don't want to call it permission because we have that by birth. It's like your, right. your birthright to use your five senses, but he's just reminding us that nobody took that away from us and that you don't get evaluated as far as whether you're virtuous or not virtuous on whether some external force gave you permission to follow what you see, hear, taste, smell, touch, etc. You don't need to look outside yourself because who's giving them permission, right? Who gives the permission givers permission, right? To, you know, to tell you what you can and cannot perceive or to accept the stuff you might just be making up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he's coming along and saying, remember who you are. Remember what is real. Remember what is true. And the onus is on the people telling you that's not the case mm-hmm. to defend right. their position. When he wrote his piece about the origins of totalitarianism, his piece about it where he breaks it down the philosophical origins and he breaks it down about their, their, uh, the, their pseudo logic, their pseudo, um, their, their pseudo morality and their, their, uh, their, what is it? Pseudo morality, their pseudo logic, and then their pseudo something else. But it's, it, they, you have to maintain, they have to maintain all of that. Mm -hmm. And we panic and part of the reason I think we panic is that we haven't taken that time to sit back and go, what do I know and how do I know it? And right. then to just kind of take stock of that and go, they don't get to take that from me. Right. It's their job to uphold that, you know, that their foundation built on sand, which is what it is. And you just have, that's like I said, Matt Walsh did that beautifully. Just 
define it. Just yeah. what is it? And then when you right. see that they can't do it, it falls apart. We have people walking around right now who've had the rug pulled out from under them, not even by these people, but by themselves. Mm-hmm. By themselves, because they've forgotten who they are and they've forgotten what they know. My friend Barbara says all the time, you have to have the right facts to have have the right feelings. Right. So the, right. all the emotions you're running around, I'm afraid and they're going to cancel me and they're going to do this and they're going to really do that good. and they're going to call me names. Yeah. All of that is based on not having the correct facts. And the correct facts are that A is A. Reality right. is reality. And James comes along and says, it's okay yeah. to mm-hmm. say that. Right. Well, and, Do and it. I think keep doing it. Open your mouth. Right. That's the sky exactly. is blue. The sun rises in the east. Water and is the, wet. Keep and saying. the only thing you have to fear is fear itself, because if you have Thank the truth you. behind you, there is there is a community of people who think like you do. And that's what I, I, I told Paul yesterday. I really appreciated his stand as the normal person, as the teacher coming out of, you know, early, early, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yeah. to to when all the rest of us were still cowering and going, you know, we don't have a community because everyone around us, this whole ideology is designed to make you fear the fear. It's designed to make right. you um, look Feel like you're alone. You're alone. Isolate because, you. You're not right. alone. And that was the racism. That's the bigot term because we've been so ingrained. It just shows you how good most Americans are innately because we all don't want to be bad. Right. And, well, Paul and you came know, what's out the worst and thing pa- in the world? So the worst thing in the world is they call you names. You lose your job. You lose this. You lose that. that if that if that's but go ahead, play it out. What's right. your worst on banned from Twitter? Your worst case scenario. OK, as long as you are alive and breathing in the United States, you are still better off than nine tenths of the world right yeah. now. And on top of that, I've even gotten to the point mentally. I don't know if you guys are there and I'm not even, I'm not a person of faith who believes in an afterlife. And I still feel like if the worst case scenario is I'm up against a flipping wall yeah. for real. Mm-hmm. My last thought is that I didn't bend the knee. I have dignity. I have integrity. Carry that with you. It helps. It really does help because you're, especially if you're a parent, what example are you setting for strength and moral courage to your children? Yeah. What example? They are watching. And even to the extent that they might go, mom, don't stop. You know, you're embarrassing me, whatever. That's today. Someday yeah. they'll be, God willing, someday they'll be 35, 45, 55. You might be gone, whatever. What are they going to remember in the mm-hmm. future? Because we've read the books of the Third Reich. We've read the books about Mao's China. We've read the books about the parents who stood strong and the kids who even turned them in. Who yeah. later regretted it. Okay. Yeah. Which one of those do you want you be, to be? What do you want your legacy to be? One of integrity and moral courage or one where the kid goes, why didn't you stick up for us? Mom and dad, mm-hmm. why did you put your head down? Cause that day is going to come. Mm-hmm. That's a reality. You can't, you can't get away from. There's never going to be a future where all this works out yeah. where their version of utopia works. That's not going to happen. The facts are all against that. That's right. That's right. And Carrie, I want to I want to go back just a second for what you were saying about just the dichotomy of I, I where James has met a lot of Christians. You know what I mean? Like it, it oh. seems so out of out of the out of the realm. You know, and I I get a lot of well, but he's an atheist and da, 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 da. it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Because truth is truth. 
Yes, I've talked to him about this too. Those people attacking him, those people who call themselves Christians, well, first of all, a lot of them are woke. Their God is woke. They're taking they're taking woke ideology, a religion, and they're trying to wrap it in Jesus, which is, in my opinion, the worst sin possible. Yes. That's the actual like that's what I think God means when He says, "Don't take my name in vain." Don't don't take a bunch of dog shit and put my name on it and say this yeah. is Christianity. And so. Um, those people who are attacking him when he's speaking truth. I'm like, I mean, I would rather stand with an atheist who doesn't believe, but speaks truth than with someone who speaks lies and says, I'm here speaking these things that aren't right. real, but I'm Christian. So you can't disagree. No bullshit. Right. And yeah. um, he, though, anyway, of- but he doesn't, I will say quickly, there are Christians who are listening and I know he's been very helpful and to a lot of people. Um, and we just had a church meeting and, and, where he was mentioned and he was mentioned the work he's doing is mentioned. Jordan Peterson was mentioned. And the discussion was sort of like, where are the Christians it's time? And I know there are Christians who are pushing back against anti-woke. They, uh, some of them, like um, I've talked to like Neil Shinby's great um, um, uh, Samuel say, um, you know, Monique Dusan uh, they're there. But, but, yeah. But in terms of like the, a lot of when you go out into your community and you try to find a church, a lot of churches have been captured by woke. And so people aren't finding that foothold of a, of they're going in, they're going in looking for one thing and then they're being given a different religion. They're being given woke well, in the church. They'll advertise it, right? They're just hang a banner that says be alive. Yeah. You know, right. they have the, the rainbow. Yeah. And like, and then you can say, okay, I, I know what your God really is here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, that, so, thou shalt have no other gods before me. But I want to point this yeah. out. I said this Paul, with, with Paul yesterday, and this is quick, and then I want to let you guys keep talking because I'm talking too much. That's why I wanted you guys on, so I didn't talk as much. But I want to understand that I came from the Word of Faith movement, and the Word of Faith movement and this whole televangelist movement led into this woke uh, stuff being able to take over. I think because we we so we, we we made church a spectacle and we watered down a lot of the doctrine that that goes into Christianity that actually had the root of the truth in it. I'm not saying all of it, okay? There are good um, modern churches out there. I'm not saying, and th- those are the ones I think that have withstood this. But there's so it's a mile wide and an inch deep in lots of places. The the way that they believe, and it's become about the spectacle. It's become about you know how much how many good screens you have, or how many planes that the pastor has, or whatever it is. And the, the, when you youth ma- pastor music, yes, you. The, oh, and I'm I'm a choir director. I'm a choir director who plays who plays worship songs. Who grew up that Sorry. way? Okay. And so uh, I'm speaking at this coming from inside of it. I mean, I could play any Christian worship song you want right now for you. Okay. And do it like you hear on the radio. But, but the point is that there's no root to a lot of that. It's just, you're repeating this. Oh, you know, God is good. God is good. He loves me. He loves me no matter what I do say or speak or think. Mm -hmm. And then that's what has devolved into this, you know, um, what, what the video that, that, we premiered yesterday or that Paul brought out and did the article on um, that his music director did where, you know, it's, it, what was it? It's comfortable, natural, spiritual, and love that the, the, these yeah, are love the things. Somebody. Yeah. But talk about that for a second. It. You need talk it. about this for a second. Yeah. Um, the drag queen in, in my former school's church was invited by the music director who um, 
is extremely talented. I mean, I, find, I think he's very talented. I think he's a very engaging teacher. Um, the kids love him. Um, he has a, he has a, a fluency and a charisma that, that I lack, frankly. Uh, and that kind of makes him very influential. And he has a video that, that Mark and I went through yesterday uh, where he, it's a music video that he made for a song that he wrote himself called Love Somebody. And, uh, you know, what, what Mark pointed out, which I really appreciated, was that he, he was, I mean, I, I'm, I was still trying to process it because it's really, it's really kind of mind-blowing if you watch this thing um, because there's just totally inappropriate things juxtaposed with little kids. And, and I'm just like, what is this about? But it's essentially like a kind of a queer anthem. Okay. Uh, and one of the one of the images you know, has like has adolescent girls getting off a school bus and then two adult men making out juxtaposed. And you know, the idea is like girls love girls and boys love boys. So it's really creating this association. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's uh, well, this is, and this is a uh, who made I'll this someone up. at your church. This is, yeah, this is the music director uh, wow. at the okay. school. Um, and uh, yeah, he's a, he's an interesting character, interesting guy. Um, but really it's just an example of what Mark was talking about in terms of, you know, when you have, when you have this sort of pantheistic love soup without discernment, Mm -hmm. without judgment, I don't know whether judgment and discernment are the same. It's a term of art in, in your studies, but, but it's almost like you have like a one-legged stool and everyone thinks that it's everything. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of like when, when you lose the, the thousand year old tradition, the two multiple millennial tradition of mm-hmm. all these stories that have informed all the different contexts that humans find themselves in, that the Bible gives you that, that, you know, and you just, you replace it with this sort of air quality, which is empathy and empathy is the coin of the realm. And am I loved? And do I love you? And then you turn, you turn these places into mutual admiration societies. You, you impoverish, the, yes. the, the very thing that actually is that has real value um, and, and complex value. It's like it's like substituting, you know, white bread for for like whole wheat bread or oh, like the real yeah. bread, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and uh, De- Deb said that she has to go and I'm going to I want to let her get no, a word I just in. Before ju- she has I, to ju- I yeah, jumped in real quick, it. but I got to run. Um, I just want to say. Uh, James, if you're out there, <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to fight and get you back. But even if we don't, uh, we'll just make sure that people know where to go and follow all your other platforms. And thank you for all you do. And this is ridiculous. And um, you know, I don't know what else to say. I, I just encourage everybody to go to new discourses and consume all the content there, and then you will understand why it's very important. Yeah to uh, have James's voice in, in all of this. Okay. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for inviting me on. I really appreciate Thanks, it. And you good, guys to have a great you, yeah, good to see you. You Bye, too. Bye. Bye. Um, I, I want to hit this again because this is re- music is so powerful. And when, when Paul was saying that, that, that his, uh, my life was changed by a music director and they, it, part of the job is being charismatic. And I just want to take this back all the way back to base the, theology. They, Lucifer, okay, if you want to take this all the way back in the Bible, was, was, was the music director of heaven. This is the kind of the old mythology, theology mm-hmm. behind it, right? And 
Really? That's yes. That's, that's then he, he yeah. would gather the praise. Yeah. He would get, he was the praise and worship leader, right? He would gather the praise, right? Because um, that, that think of the Christmas story, the multitudes of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory mm -hmm. to God in the highest peace on earth, goodwill toward men. They were singing, right? That's where the, the Alleluia chorus comes from, from Handel mm -hmm. and all of that. It's, it's all mimicking that, but Lucifer is grabbing the praise and his, 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 um, sin was pride. His sin was pride because he wanted to keep the praise for himself instead of giving it to God. And that's what, and, and in the Bible says, I, Jesus said, I saw Lucifer, you know, fall like, like lightning from heaven because he was trying to keep the praise that was belong to God. And music is the language of that praise that, and that's, uh, you know, when Christians were, going against music um, that was, you know, when you're talking about when Nirvana or, or even just some of the really nasty rap things that were going on, the Christian right had a point there because what happens is, is you get this kind of mode of, you know, grunge, the, 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 the mental problems that, that people had with suicide and stuff and generation X and stuff was, was a, a result, some of the music, because the music was implanting this in their heads, right? And when you listen to something over and over again, it imprints itself. You don't believe me? Try to say the ABCs without singing them. You, you will always sing them because it just is now a part of your parlance and it will ingrain things in your head. So what you can change to, your mood for sure. Yes. Just like Facebook, they prove they can change your mood just by what they show you visually. Of course, right. mm -hmm. the messages and the type of music you're consuming can affect you yeah. and what you're well, pointed I mean, towards. That, this goes back, you know, in my mind, before the Christian tradition to like you're talking mm -hmm. about, you know, oral traditions. You're talking about mm -hmm. poetry. You're talking about mimesis. You're talking about the power of, of rhythm and meter and, and music to 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 sustain entire cultures before the written word. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, so this is a very deeply ingrained, uh, thing in human, in, in our psyche. Yeah. Um, and what you're saying, about, I mean, it's so perfect because, you know, no one is immune. Everyone can, everyone can fall into the, that trap of Lucifer. And it reminds me of that movie, you know, it's kind of a ridiculous movie with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. Oh the yeah. The advocate. devil's advocate. You know, yes. Pride, definitely my favorite sin. Mm -hmm. Pride is the first of the seven deadly sins. I think, I don't know. My yes. theology is a little weak, but, but, but that is like, you know, that is sort of the, the granddaddy of all sins in a way. Now I don't mean sins like, Oh, you're a sinner or blah, blah, blah. Right, right, just, just right. a kind of a, something to watch to constantly understand. That's why like, you know, it's, it's, you have to you have to be aware of it and you have to have humility in the face of it and what what we're what i think we're seeing is when you when you take away god uh you take away that that check on pride in a way yeah. you know the funny oh, thing is like yeah. we've had yeah. we've had excesses of of that where Chris, like you said mark christianity gets caught up in its own pride and you mm -hmm. have these you know mega churches and stuff and then you have shame because we're human beings right we're not perfect and so you have shame being applied to people who you know based on their you know i think that happened Vanity. to gays you know where you you're shamed for being gay you know just be honest yeah. like that happened but the flip side of that is not pride 
the flip side of that is to escape the whole pride shame dichotomy. And, but pride is used as a vehicle to re, to to resuscitate stuff. But then you have to leave the vehicle behind. So like because you know that pride is actually sin. So yeah. what's like historically pride has been used as this kind of vector to 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 rebound from the excesses of the sort of totalitarian aspects of belief that shame people. But now it's created its own kind of totalitarian because it's just you're just rebounding between two two sides of the same coin. Well, and I, yeah. I just want to show this this comment here the, the, from from Tina Hahn here. Uh, and I, I don't have uh, I'm not I'm not making any money off of this. This is just uh, I, I'm not big enough yet to even try to do that. And I just want to point out this isn't about making money. This is about sharing things that that are the point. But but talking about rhythm and, and infant development. And and not just infant development, but 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 child development. There's a reason why they want this at a younger and younger age with children, especially when it comes to music. And you know, the the Bible verse is pride comes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before the fall. So that goes from pride at a, at a larger point of what you're going to cause through a haughty vanity, an inward look into your identity over everything else, right? And and uh, I know Carrie was going someplace with that because I'll let you talk uh, about that for a second. Well, no, I like hearing what you're both saying, Paul and, and Mark, about pride because I, I mean, again, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I think a lot of the what I've learned, I haven't been a Christian that long, but so much of it is just, uh, it's it just it just makes sense. It's just the truth. Whether you believe in God or not, whether you're um, a person who, uh, what were you calling them, like a practicing Christian who doesn't mm -hmm. actually believe in God, but you want to, maybe you want to, maybe you don't. Um, I mean, these are just, I think, truths about the best way to live, like the yeah. best way to be a human. Pride will destroy you. There's a great uh, movie. I, I was talking about it with... Um, Billboard Chris actually recently. Uh, have you guys seen Amadeus? It's also about music. Yes. Mozart. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, it's so good because it's basically, I mean, it's sort of like the Cain and Abel allegory that Peterson talks about because you've got yes. Salieri is depicted yeah. as this guy who's just so pious. resentful and pious and prideful yes. and he wants it so bad. He wants the talent and um, he also puts himself on level with God. If you look in that story, he tries to bargain with God, which means you think you're on the same level for bargaining. Mm -hmm. And it's this sort of, I want this out of life. I'm willing to do this to get it, God. You know, like, I'll give up sex if you let me have talent. Right. And and God doesn't choose him for that talent. He chooses Mozart, who's this foppish, um, foolish, buffoon kind of character is the way he's depicted. And and right. and Salieri becomes just so angry at God. Like, why, how could you do that? How could you give that to him? And mm. there's a verse in the Bible about that. And I think it took me a while to figure out what that verse is about, but it's that one about how God chooses the weak to shame the strong and God chooses the foolish to, cha to shame the wise or the proud. And it's that sort of, yeah. because that, if if you're that prideful, um, if you've let that consume you and that's what you worship and that's, you know, you worship yourself and you put yourself on, on that highest plane in, in your worldview is like, you're up at the top. Then, um, I don't think, I don't, you know, God's like, I'm not going to give you that talent. So here like, that would be a, the worst thing I could do. You don't like, you're so proud. You can't, this is, this is meant to humble you. Did it humble him? No, it drove him to a murderous revenge. Like just right. like Cain. 
Well, I want to I want to hit on that because mm. I can give you a lot of that movie is is allegoric itself. I mean, and and it's it's yeah, it's dramatic. But Mozart had a talent that was given to him from birth, and whether you want to say that's from God, I mean, or not, it was there. Salieri mm. was actually way more popular than Mozart during that time. Yeah, he, he was he was um, uh, he was. But you know, he knew Mozart, he wasn't talented. Right. He, he hated knew because he didn't have he, the talent. He, but but uh, that's part of what makes it all dramatic because I doubt that uh, there was a lot of that because he could sustain himself in his own popularity. But Mozart's who we talk about now. Nobody mm-hmm. knows Soliari. And, 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 and Mozart died in a pauper's grave. He died poor. He died. He was, he was, he, nobody knows where he's buried because nobody could afford to bury him. And, but the, the, the God-given talent, the truth of the music that was produced by him stood the, the test of time beyond Salieri. And that's something I just want to hit in that too, is that the reason why there is a movie Amadeus is because the music that was produced, they were all writing in the same genre. They were writing with the same instruments, with the same modes, with the same four bar phrases, with the same ABA styles, with the same, you know, parameters. But there was something about what the truth of Mozart's music. That In the movie, Solieri says it's the voice of God. Yeah. That Mozart's music is the voice of God. Right. That it's that inspired, you know. Right. I'm sorry I got us so astray on this topic, but the pride no. thing, yeah, that 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 I just yeah. think of that movie. And anyway, but Paul, I, I haven't seen this video you put out. I'd like to see it. Um, Paul, do you have that link? We maybe we can just put um, it. Yeah, we can it. find it. Um, um, take a look at it. I mean, it's it, listen. It's a I'm, I, I, I it's a cringeathon. This yes. I'm just gonna put it out there, but I'm gonna let you guys take a look and and we can parse it out. Um, and, and I want to be fair to the guy because I think he is talented. I think he does have, I mean, the tune is catchy. It's been going through my head all day. Like, it's hard to write a catchy song. I mean, I, yeah. I, I am kind of a Salieri in that regard. Like I'm a bit a musician and to, I can come up with a riff that's catchy, but I can't make a whole song. So anyway. Right. Well, but let me, let me his, speak to this as, as an actual, I've got a degrees. I've got, I'm a doctor. Okay. So, so he, it is a catchy tune, but I'll tell you this cat, the catchy tune Right. The catchy tune is now a mathematical equation. Uh, so really? I, I, I could, yeah, I can write you a catchy tune just because you can go one, four, five, one. That's all uh, modern worship music in is you get this little tune, you sing about water, you sing about fire, and then, you know, the, the Lord delivering you from things and the, how much you love him. And you put it uh, into this, this um, equation of what, you know, uh, music is now on the radio mm. that, that, but I, so it's I, derivative. I, You're saying it's, it's oh, the it's algorithm. Yeah. Oh, so yes. It's, yeah. it's not the voice of God. No. You know, no. do you ever see Walk the Line with Johnny Cash when yes. he goes in? Okay, so he goes into, was it Sun Radio? And he's playing an old gospel uh-huh. uh, standard. And that's his one shot, right? He's playing this gospel, uh-huh. gospel standard that everybody was doing at the time. And, and the guy was like, no. He said, yeah. no. If you were about to die and you had you stood before God and you could only play one song, what would it be? And he starts playing Balsam Prison Blues, kind of like picking it out. And that does was not formulaic at all. That was just, that was him. That was pure, you know, but talent. I, I, but I, every I, music today is, oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah, no, it's, 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 all, it's all A plus B equals C. <laughs> but I just want to make the point that 
because uh, it is catchy, but it's not good. And I'm going to say it's this. It's catchy. As, okay. Yeah, oh, you're, it, making, you're making a declarative statement I, about. I'm making a declarative <laughs> statement because Kant would say there's no disputing taste, but my taste, if I'm going to lay it down, my taste has academic credentials behind it. Okay. So it's, and I'll use that only in my field. Um, Are those degrees I, peeking out under the. Oh, yeah. They're, 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 you know, they're peeking. Let's, let's check your bonafides peaking, there. Peaking, yeah. Right. Okay. But he but, said, I'm a doctor. I can tell you. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you don't hear me say that because most of the time, most of the time, if I have to, uh, if I have to say that I'm, I, I've got those credentials, I always, they'll all be like Dr. Owsley and I'll say in parentheses of music. Okay. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah Cause it's, I got not, this thing like, on my back. Can you take a look? I'm worried about it. I am not a doctor, but in terms of music, this is not good music. And when you put it with, when you put it with the visuals, did you send it to me? I did. There? I put it in the uh, uh, private okay, chat. Okay, I want to make sure I can yeah. get it up here. Um, uh, oh, I got to, hold on. I got to, yes. So, but the thing about it is that it is, it's catchy for, it, it is written for children. That's yeah, what I can tell you yeah. about it. it the, the, the tune of it is written for children. It is, the and I'm playing through the, um, and I can hear the the what do you call it the, uh, the ads going on in my head real totally. quick. Um, but I want to play through that before I put it up. But it's not good music. There's nothing. It's it's made for children to be able to catch their attention. And when you put that with the visuals, that becomes incredibly obvious. It becomes incredibly obvious. And why is this giving me this? Um, and as you see it with the bus and the and the the kind of guys making making out after it's just it's cringe worthy. So let me get this up for you because I, I think we should just listen. It sounds like without having seen it yet, it just sounds like they're he's putting his um, ideology or belief system or whatever first, and that mm -hmm. it's not necessarily uh, a Christian focus yeah, in terms propaganda. of ideology it's a certain yeah. type of i mean it, it's a certain type of christianity let's just put that way it's it's a can you all I mean, see I, it? I don't even know if, if i don't know anything about his religious beliefs or anything I'm, well just, uh, we can we can we can parse out this that he works yeah. and as the music director for an episcopal church was of the christian denomination and well, then the school the school slightly separate but yeah 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 I mean, well, it's, but it's, but but yeah. usually, if you, you have to do a statement of faith, if you're working for a a school, we um, yeah, we don't actually. Oh, you know, you know? this is uh, part of the problem. Is that you know the I mean, if, if you if you are religious, this is part of the problem. I mean, the former head of school was an atheist. The the assistant the the dean of faculty was a Hindu. I mean, like there's no there's no insistence on any faith tradition to work there. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's so, interesting. You know, Let, let's make sure you can hear this real quick. Yeah. Can you hear it? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Okay, just making sure. Okay, so we're going to start this. I will say this again. It's very the the tune is is child based. It's meant to catch in your head. It's just like if I'm going to sing, this is a song that doesn't end. It goes on and on, my friend. Stop it. Forever, just because this is a song, right? Yeah, that will catch your head. Right, but it will not. I'm gonna unalive myself. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so here we go. This is uh, "Love Somebody" by Andrew. 
Yeah, no, let's I might have given you the wrong one. Yeah, I think oh, this is not no. the okay. Let's see. Give me the other one. one. But you hear it already. Fine. Love somebody. Yeah. You need um, right, right, it's right. Like, uh, <laughs> gosh, where did it go? I, I can probably find it. Yeah, I for some reason YouTube isn't showing me when I search it. Uh oh. Well, there might be a oh, he might have pulled it. He might have pulled it. He might have pulled it. I can yeah. go to my oh, wait. Here it is. Here it is. I got oh, you it. got it. You found it. Yes, yeah, well, it, it says, it. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Okay, I got it. All righty, send it, send it, send it, and we'll get it back up. Sorry, you know, this is for you, James. Let's remember why we're here. Yes, you know, it's funny because I, I <laughs> think here, that, yeah, I mean, I was gonna say this before. Oh, ahead, yeah, sorry. Right. Love, no, no, this is another tangent, but okay. No, I this is the point, right? Okay. James was talking about this stuff, yeah, a year and a half ago. When everybody else was just catching up to critical race theory, he had already written the book on it, you know, and already done. Uh, and he was like, okay, guys, I've got that. And I remember he came here. He was like, you know, I'm writing the book that's going to be my definitive thing on critical race theory. Now I'm moving into the gender ideology and queer theory because that's what's coming up next. And he calls it right before. And this is why he's dangerous to the left. This is why he cannot be on Twitter anymore because he anticipates. Right. He, he not yeah. only he has the discernment to see where they're going before they even know where they're mm. going. Right. Okay. He knows he's read so much of that. He knows what they believe better than they do. Right. Mm. That is that is yeah. a, a huge part of this. Let me, but let's but this this video is is parlance of that. It is it is a prime example of it. So let's this is it. And I, we're going to stop on a, on a part of this, especially the the certain screen that, you know, they'll come up here. Um, here we go. <laughs> Love somebody. We need it. Oh, 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 yeah. Booby tassels. Dance routine. It's spiritual. It's love. This. Why are they juxtaposed together? Yeah. Right. Just, I mean, this, this, any sing boys like boys, girls like girls, right? It's beautiful for everyone, I think is what he says next, but you've got two men making out up against a wall, and then, okay, these are two adolescent girls coming out of a school bus. And we, and, and I think Paul made this point yesterday, that if I'm, this I'm wasn't... like the meme of the guy, like... Right. It, but but it, even if this was two sh- straight people making out... Why, why the school bus? <laughs> why the school bus? And the two girls coming out of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's taking music and and injecting it as a form of social emotional learning because music is the best delivery system for an ideology. That's why churches used it from the beginning of the church, right? It's because it hits you on a spiritual level and then they grab it, they grab your heart, they grab your mind, and then they put a text on top of it, Right? And mm-hmm. this is coming out of a church into a church school. 
right? I, yeah, I in, before a drag queen story hour, one of the ones that we had uh, when I was still working there, he had like third graders sing the song. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it was really pretty creepy. Um, but It's comfortable, it's somebody. natural, it's spiritual, yeah. it's love. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need it. We need, need I'm it. just going to play through a bit of it because okay. we went through this yesterday. But Girls, there's room for everyone in between. Holding hands and kissing you. It takes courage like they've never seen. And we don't play by your rules. We just love. I guess we love it going about to... I don't know who this Borat character is with heels. In heels. Shirtless men. I mean, whatever. This. The kid, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but but right before it, it, there's no. This is a sexualization of children. This is exactly what got James banned. Was him pointing this out? The tweet that got. What did he say? He said. Um, child was, sexualization specialists. Right. Okay, child sexualization specialists. That's what he said. I think that's yeah. In response, now yeah, we, I, it, yeah. Just keep going because. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. It, kids got the little shimmy going on. Even just the women. Jordan. And that's the truth. Don't you try to question me. When the world accepts the truth, that's where right, all the people will be free. Utopia. Yeah, okay, yeah. When the world accepts the truth, that's when all the people will be free. Okay. What truth? Ruby tassels. The truth of, of this sort of pansexual yeah, uh, utopia where everyone is queer, everyone can express at any, at any time. So that's the liberatory impulse, you know. Like it's it's Marcu- like Marcusean, as James would say, because it's it's releasing the libidinal energies into this like extremely like. Wouldn't you want as a kid? Wouldn't you want to be able to do whatever you wanted to do and yeah, and, you know, whatever you felt like right at the moment is okay. Yeah. Anyway, no. yeah, it's no. it's. It, this stuff is in, I mean, you guys know this better than anyone, but in ev- all the schools now, my, my little school in my small town in Texas, they just had their middle schoolers paint. This is why my church lost our building was because my pastor spoke at a city council meeting against this and the arts and culture board share of, of the town shares a member with the arts board that runs the theater we were renting. And so they um, evicted us that week. He spoke against them having the middle schoolers, the 10, so 10 to 12 year olds painted a mural in our town square and it had eight different sexuality flags, including the pansexuality flag, um, you know, bisexual, transgender, non-binary, aerosexual. I had to look that one up. Why do 10 year olds know what aerosexual is? Like, why do they need to know what pansexual is? Why are we teaching them this? And Sexualizing and I, children. Yeah. And like, I refuse to believe yeah. it's because, like what they would say about a video like this, I think, is they would try to say, we're just teaching kids to love everybody and treat everybody well. No, you're not. 
you can do that without pushing um, pansexuality. <laughs> like well, you don't. Okay. Well, you get don't. a load of this chick's t-shirt. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Well, I want to hit this for a second. Yeah, okay. so hold, hold that thought, but I just got a text from James, um, okay. and I want to share that. Uh, he said. Uh, he he said he's probably never getting his account back. Is is the way that he described it. He said this was my appeal. Um, when they said, describe the problem, this is what he said. The problem is that you arbitrarily changed the rules and suspended my account after repeatedly forcing me to lie to admissions of guilt for violations that aren't real. Yeah. You should unsuspend my account and correct your biased and arbitrary policy enforcement. Yeah. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Hey guys, I have to go. I'm sorry. Yeah. Also, I have a show um, coming up, and uh, but I I enjoyed dropping in. I'm sorry it's for such an awful thing that happened, and I'm glad he's speaking truth even in the face of of this of losing the account. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you being here, Carrie. I and, yeah. And thanks for having me, Paul. I haven't talked to you in a while. That was fun yeah, talking to you. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I've been trying to get you on my 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 channel for a while. We've never been able to make it work out, Carrie. So it's it's you know. Let's do another one. Like we can talk all about music. Yeah, it'll be good. And God. Be good. Okay. Yeah. It'll be good. Thanks. <laughs> I can okay. talk about my near conversion. Okay. Let, yeah. Let's. I'm do very it. gullible. I'm I try to learn from my from my own gullibility, but you know, <laughs> maybe in a good way. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. In the, you're open. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Bye, guys. Bye, Carrie. Yeah, well, uh, I, I I feel like this is deja vu all over again, Paul. Yeah, I, we're I, back. Well, but I but I think um, that's that I, is that is so brave of James. Like that, you yes. know, like because again, like I I have like you know I'm 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 nobody, but basically like I definitely when I got suspended, I was like, oh, you know, Jesus, I felt like cut off at the knees, and so would I compromise like that? Yeah, uh, yeah I might compromise. But to be to be like that uncompromising, it yeah. uh, takes balls. Well, well, and I, I, I good. The, the other part about this is, I think he actually he just has to sue them because if you know, it's I don't know what Myth Informs case is, um, but it's very. I've spoken to First Amendment lawyers about this. It's very hard to do it on terms of a. a what they would call a hate speech violation. Maybe there's a case there. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but I think it's, I think it's very hard. I think it'd be very hard. Um, I think public relations, a public relations campaign could be a lot more effective. Yeah. That's um, what I think too. I that's, think that's what know, I want to try to start. And, and, you know, he, he, he has a lot of respect from, from people who, who do have leverage um, and well, deservedly so. So maybe there's, there's some, there's some Avenue there. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm just writing a little note here, but I, I, mm -hmm. uh, I, I want to end, uh, I want to, we've been on for a while, but I, I want to end it with just, again, the idea or the, the, the truth of the fact that we wouldn't be anywhere in this battle without him. And a lot of that was done through Twitter and they know that. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, the video we just showed, you know, where they're talking about power bottoms, that was mm -hmm. the, the point you were getting ready to yeah, make yeah. about the shirt. You know, uh, I'll just throw it up there while we're talking about um, uh, that 
what what Paul was going to talk about. Oh, what happened? Sorry. Is the the shirt that this person here is wearing is it says Power Bottom on it, and right before that there was kids dancing, and Power right. Bottom is as an explicitly sexual term related to the gay community. I mean, I just right. want to say it like that, and that is a sexualization of children. And like I said, the tune and the, the melody of this is all geared towards children. It's something they can remember and repeat over and yeah. over yeah. and over and over again. And that is what James was speaking out against and why they killed his account. Yep. You know, it, it, it's. They are protecting, you know, Twitter is shielding under the under the guise of of protecting of a protected group of protecting a protected group which has its own problems um yeah they are they are protecting people who do this yeah from from criticism for what they do yeah like uh, that's the message that to me is the message that we need to make very clear what's going on here uh yeah and and, and 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 we we taken away one of the the people who could use that tool the best and we, i know he doesn't maybe necessarily think he's going to get back on but i i think that a pr campaign and i'll say this to anybody watching send every message you can to chris rufo mm -hmm. and um ben shapiro and matt walsh and and, you know, uh, Tim Poole, all of you need to come out strong against this because the woke, the woke uh, movement that a lot of you have made a bunch of money fighting. <laughs> I'm just going to be straight up with it. OK, that have, you've gained notoriety through this. You know what you know. A lot of what you know is because of James. And that's just a fact. And so. We need to, one, you need to platform him. Mm -hmm. Daily Wire, Tim Poole, um, Matt Walsh, Michael Knowles, Ben Shapiro, all of you guys, platform him. Get If, if, if they're going to take Jordan Peterson on, you know, they, they, should, they could take James on. And, and, but they also need to go after Twitter for this and, and call them out for what they're doing. And because... We're just going to lose the whole conversation. And I'm not saying James is the whole movement. That's not what I'm saying. But he he was a, he was a voice in the wilderness when this wasn't popular to talk about. Period. And so uh, I don't want to keep everybody too much longer. And I know Paul's got things to do. But we can't allow... We can't stand for this kind of stuff over and over again, because every time someone gets banned, you know, the burn is a little less harsh, right? We get a little more callous to it. Nobody talks about myth informed Mike anymore. MKE, you know, no, no, nobody talks about um, some of the other people that have gotten Nicole solace and, and, you know, thank goodness we have Paul back. And, but, but the, the people that after a while things move so quickly, you forget, Right. Yeah, and you know, it, definitely, if you don't have good people, supportive people keeping, I definitely felt this. Like I had people that were keeping my story alive and and pressuring Twitter and campaigns, and 
that really helped. Um, we need to do that. We yeah. can't, we cannot forget. Um, and, and, the, and sustained pressure can have an impact. Um, and, you know, I wonder, I, I hope for a kind of a Streisand effect on this. I think that we are, that, well, that James is big enough that that can happen. Right. And we need we, free James Lindsay to trend on yeah. Twitter. That's what CSP, yeah, yeah. I just want to show. Hey, see him. Look, make this trend. Yep. There's no reason it shouldn't. He had 315,000 followers. And I'm going to tell you right now, James is my friend and I'm not going to let this die. So as long as I'm on yep. here, I'm not going to let it die. And anyone who does let it die, I mean... It, all of these people that have had him on his show. And I think it's pretty much everyone that had them on their show that have taken his Glenn Beck and, and, and all these need to say something about this Mm -hmm. and, and not let it die because there's no reason for it. And if we would actually do that with a majority of these accounts, but James is one of the bigger ones. I mean, Jordan Peterson, is not permabanned. He could delete a tweet right now and be right back on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, he's refusing to do it on principle. Good for him. That's fine. But they banned James, right? He can't get back on. There's a difference here. So um, the, I'm just calling everybody, and I know there's not many people watching right now, but they're 13 or 14. I don't care how many. Everyone do this once a day. Go message Tim Pool. Message these people with these bigger um, audiences and get them to say something. Get them to say something. And get them to have him on his show, on their shows. Do it yesterday. Joe Rogan, do it yesterday. All right? So uh, my message is, James, we love you. Thank you for all the work you've done. If we have anything to say about it, you're going to get back on Twitter. And Paul, thank you for being here and, and standing up for James. Let's thank Carrie and Deb for jumping on. Um, Thanks for hosting this, sh- Mark. Yeah, well, I just, I, I was pissed. So, yeah. and I'm going to stay pissed. So uh, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks everybody for being here. Thanks everybody.